Hey you guys, are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend hit friend and friend. All right, what's going on, you guys? Episode number 70 of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for stopping by and sharing this with us. We appreciate you. Uh, don't forget, you can sign up for the newsletter. Stay in touch with us. This show drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. What's the newsletter all about? Yeah, you can just go to ronadon.com, sign up there. You're going to get a, sort of a behind-the-scenes look uh, of what happened in the Ron and Don Nation this week, and it's all comes out every Wednesday uh, right into your email box. Yeah, just go to ronadon.com, uh, all right? Hey, uh, coming up, what does your car say about you? We'll talk about that and all. Also, a lot of us, a lot of us, this is uh, Americans are pretty satisfied uh, with our lives. Are you satisfied with your life? Let's talk about that before we get to this. Uh, we, we, can we stop the? Can we stop the show? Episode seventy. Stop the show. One, one of the things that we really enjoy about doing this podcast is when we did news talk, we had to talk about things that were in the news and typically on the front page. Same with rock and roll. Sometimes when we did rock and roll radio, you interview uh, bands or introduce bands, sometimes bands that you don't even like. When we do- did Top 40, do you remember when we had to do- introduce uh, Ricky Martin on what a 47 ZCP Arizona's oh, yeah. music, music channel, Rotten Dotted Jack US? Remember yeah, that? all of those acts that yeah. came through. What happened at the and, Ricky? Enrique Iglesias. And- yeah, Ricky Martin, like... Uh, uh, he was actually pretty awesome. We and this is before he came out, but everybody knew that Ricky Martin was gay. Like everybody knew, but for some reason, uh, he hadn't come out yet. And he came out to this audience, and they absolutely, positively loved him. They loved him, and everybody thought. Well, I got it at the time because coming out of the Latin music, which he did, is that what it was? it was? Oh yeah, like there's a lot of. Uh, it's more difficult, I think, if you started because he started out as a Latin star oh. uh, and was sort of a heartthrob in Latin America, and then to move over to the United States uh, before li- living La Vida Loca and all that stuff came out. Like he was, he was huge. So like, there's a lot of uh, to be this heartthrob, and now you're like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Like that's a big deal in Latin yeah. America. Anyway, people packed the arena. They didn't care, but people were beginning to think, yeah, I think Ricky Martin's gay and it doesn't matter because we want to live La Vida Loco with him. But but nonetheless, no matter what format you're in, you're forced uh, typically to talk about certain things or you need to uh, talk about certain things in order to respect the format, whether it's Top 40 we worked in, rock. Sometimes we interviewed athletes and we didn't even know who the hell they were. Or sometimes we'd interview athletes and we had the wrong statistics. Do you remember our first? That's a different story for a different day. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. Anyway, those are our first and last uh, interview with Kareem Abdul. So, uh, all this to say, all this to say, one of the things that Ron and I really enjoy is not talking about politics. And you see how divisive, how divisive politics is in this country. And right now, we are in an election cycle, and we're seeing that right now on both sides of the aisle. And as you're listening to this podcast. In fact, I looked at the paper today, and I didn't read much about it, and I haven't watched any of the, the Democrats' debate, but Michael Bloomberg has just thrown his billionaire hat into the ring, and it seems like all the Democrats now have turned on him because he's possibly a guy that can not only win it, but a guy that can fund it too, right? Yeah, well, the, the way I understand it is these debates have been going on and on and on, and, and I'm with you. Like, I don't watch the debates. Uh, I don't find them enjoyable. Like, we just had so many years where we were forced to follow the minutiae of all that stuff, so it's good to, to take a break from it mentally for me. But the, one of the criteria to make it onto the debate stage is you had to have X number of donation volume. Uh, and so I guess they thought, or the DNC was like, okay, if you can't raise any money, 
then we're not going to put you on the stage for the TV audience. And so that was one of the metrics that you have to jump over this this hoop or jump through this hoop in order to get TV time uh, so that we don't have 93 people up on stage. Uh, and so Bloomberg, though, his whole thing is I'm not taking donations. I'm just paying for this because I'm Mike. Uh, I'm Bloomberg. I created Bloomberg News Network and the terminal and I make all this money. And so I'm just going to pay my own way. So this last debate, so he hasn't been on any of the televised debates. And so uh, this last debate, everyone agreed, okay, we're going to let him in. He's getting momentum. He's spending, a, I don't know what his, his online advertising budget is, because every time I open up a YouTube video, it is a Mike Bloomberg commercial at the beginning of it. So he's spending a lot of money uh, on uh, doing the the psychographic stuff. Evidently, I'm, uh, they know my political leanings online. Um, and so they all waived it. They said, hey, we'll, we'll waive that now. Now that we're down to the, sort of the final grouping, uh, the donations, everybody's fine with setting that off to the side to who is able to be on the debate. There were some, uh, I, I don't know all the allegations, but there have been some stuff over the years about uh, a, um, a, a ad, an uh, environment at Bloomberg News that was hostile towards women. That was an allegation that existed. And then also he was uh, he signed off in New York City to, to stop and frisk, which is an extremely controversial um, policing policy. The Rudy Giuliani policing that policy. That some people said yeah. is very effective and other people are vehemently opposed. If you don't know what it was, it basically gave police officers license that they were given the directive stop and frisk as many people as you can in these specific areas normally they were neighborhoods of color Mm. uh, and so you would go in and in baltimore i know for instance and i don't know exactly in new york city but in baltimore there would be neighborhoods where at 10 p.m on a friday night every single black man in the entire neighborhood was stopped and frisked every week and so you can imagine uh, if you were living in that neighborhood, how that felt week in and week out. You're just going to walk down to the store to get, you know, some milk and, and bread for the house. Uh, you're stopping frisk. Or if you're going out with your friends, it's like, hey, this is America. If I want to be out at 10 p.m. on a Friday night, that's my business. Yeah. Uh, and so that policy evidently cut down on crime, but it also engendered a lot of negative feelings. Yeah. So, so with that, with that, Michael Bloomberg has been getting a lot of headlines, and he has been getting uh, a lot of attention. And you have, and, and no matter what you think of Donald Trump, don't forget where he comes from. There are buildings out there that he owns, no doubt. There's also buildings out there that you think he owns, but it's theater. His name is on that building, but he doesn't own that building. He licensed that building. It's like Mike Ditka, for instance. Did he ever own a steakhouse, or, or did he license his name? Uh, and he actually did both because he had two different steakhouse. Britney Spears, I think, down in Miami, uh, she had a restaurant down there, or did she? No, she didn't. But she licensed her name for $10 million because you'd want to go thinking that you might be able to hang out with Britney Spears. So he understands theater. There is a reason why he had one of the most successful television shows in TV history. Or was it? You don't know, but you kind of feel like because he tells you that. So anyway, my cousin Rick, uh, we just got back from... Uh, vacation that we shared about in episode number 69. We talked about swimming with the turtles and black belt courage uh, in our trip to Maui. If you want to hear about that, go back to uh, episode 69. Anyway, he sends me an article and he's wondering if this is fake news. And I'm like, this has to be fake news. Uh, something about the Daytona 500. Uh, 
that the beast is on the track and that there's a flyover uh, by Air Force One. And if you don't know what the beast is, the beast is the limousine, which is actually the chassis, I believe, of, of an M1A1 tank, of an Abrams tank that they have in the military. And it looks like it looks like a vehicle that you and I could possibly get in if we were willing to pay Uber Uber extra dollars, right? And go into the airport for $120 instead of $34. Nonetheless, you get in this thing, and it is just anything that you would ever need uh, if there was a nuclear meltdown is in this tank or something that they called the beast. I believe it was commissioned by Barack Obama. At least that's when it was delivered to the White House. There are multiple beasts, right? Because they have to send his motorcade around the world and around the country. And so I'm reading that at the beginning of the Daytona 500, instead of just sending out a pace card, that they send out the beast, that Donald Trump and his wife are in this car. They do a lap, and after they do a lap... That Air Force One, instead of having F-15s or 14s, that Air Force One, Air Force One, Air Force One. And I'm not talking about the tennis shoes. I am talking about the presidential plane. That Air Force One does a flyover of the Daytona 500. I am checked out. I am in Maui. And I'm like, you know what? I wasn't going to plug in and look at the headlines. I got to find out. I have to find out if this is true. Sure enough. Sure enough, they do a lap in the beast. You've been on a NASCAR track. And when you get up in the corners of a NASCAR track, and you and I drove Bush Series cars at a NASCAR track down at the Texas Motor Speedway, it is scary as hell when you get up uh, on opposite ends of the track. They take the beast around. There is a flyover of Air Force One. So, do they, uh, but they're not in the plane, or they're in the car. Or they're in the not. Plane? They're not in the plane. I believe they're in the car. They get out of the car. They do a fly because there's a couple. Let's not forget. There's a couple Air Force Ones also, and it depends on the one that the president's in. Uh, but they have dual copies of Air Force One, Marine One, which he flies in. There's actually three of those. When he leaves the White House, all three will take off, and then they scramble them, so you don't know necessarily which Marine One that he's in. So, sure enough. Sure enough, you talk about a politician in a political year that knew how to steal the headlines from the Democrats and also, and also steal the front page of every newspaper in the country and around the world. And we are talking about a race, the Daytona 500, that his base loves. They absolutely love. And not only did he do it all in the taxpayer dime, because you and I are paying for the beast, and you and I are paying for Air Force One, but then, after all of this theater, and after stealing the stage from the Democrats and Mike Bloomberg, they end up canceling the race. <laughs> and they end up racing the next day. Anyway, say what you want about that politician, but he knows how to steal headlines, and as any great politician knows... It is not about appealing to the masses. It is always about appealing to the base. And he certainly did that. And the beast, and with the flyover. you got to love it. He's Ron. I'm Don. Just getting started. Episode 70. Thanks for listening to us. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers with Windermere. When you're ready for a Ron and Don sit-down, just reach out to Ron and myself. We will come to you. You can come to us. It's all up right now. At ronanddon.com, reach out to Ron. Ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. How satisfied 
are you with your life? Some new science statistics are in. We'll talk about it next. See you in one minute right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network. When you're ready to sit down with the guys, just reach out by email, ron at windermere.com. Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show, ronanddon.com. Episode 70 of the Ron and Don Show. Everything at ronanddon.com. And don't forget to get signed up for the newsletter. Uh, we shoot out to you about every Wednesday. I'll let you know what's going on in the Ron and Don Nation. And thanks to all of you for supporting Charlie's Dinosaurs. And Bremner goes to war for those two boys right now. Uh, that case is in court. And uh, so we wish her all Godspeed as she stands up for those boys that were murdered brutally by their father 10 years ago in Pierce County in the great specific northwest so ann bremner go get them if you ever need ann this is a great 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 attorney one of the best AnnBremner.com. uh just find her on facebook too all right and if you need help Anne can help you how satisfied are you with your life and also in a couple moments what does your car say about you uh, let's talk about this because uh, some new statistics are in, right, Ron? Yeah, so the Gallup organization, which you may or may not have heard of, it's a polling firm. For the past 40 years, every single January, they poll a bunch of Americans and they ask them how satisfied they are with their personal life. So this is not your job uh, because we know these, this is like if you ask people about job satisfaction, it is not uh, these numbers. This is your personal life. Are you satisfied or not satisfied? So starting uh, the lowest score in these past 40 years was the end of the Jimmy Carter uh, era. It was a 73%. So in, in uh, right around 1979, 1980, 73%. Uh, you had 75% in the early 80s. The early 90s, it dipped back down into the 70s again. And so for the, the uh, in the all 40 years plus that they've been doing this, they just got the highest rating of all time, which I found surprising because there's if you look at Twitter, you'd think that everyone's wringing their hands all the time uh so right now we are at um 90 and so it's interesting when they go through the different categories so they ask people how satisfied they are with their personal life and then they also give you some information about what these demographic the sub demographics are if you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year uh that's a 96 percent uh satisfaction rate if you're a republican it's at ninety three percent satisfied. So, so let me ask you this: Is the indicator, the hundred thousand dollar indicator, mean that I'm satisfied with my whole life, or does it just mean I'm economically satisfied? With is there a direct no, no, correlation? This is just if it, they're they're thin slicing. So, the ninety percent of all Americans are saying they're satisfied with their personal life. With their personal life. But if you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. 96% of people uh, in the survey uh, that made over $100,000 a year satisfied. With their overall personal life. With their personal life. Okay, that makes sense. So this is interesting. Republicans are at 93%. Democrats are at 86%. Hmm. So if you are a Democrat, you are less satisfied with your personal life. Read into that what you will. I don't know what that means. That's just what the stats say married people are uh, higher than single people hmm. college graduates are higher than non-college graduates men are higher than women 
And 18 to 34-year-olds are higher than uh, 55 plus mm. in just in this satisfaction. Um, if you make 40 to $100,000 a year, that's down to 92%. Uh, if you have children under 18, it's at 90. No children is at 89. No. So they're very, very similar. And then if you uh, uh, just have high school graduation or less, you're down in the 80s. If you are not white, uh, you are 86%. So that's among the lowest that there is. Uh, and the lowest category is if you make less than $40,000 a year, that you are at 80% with personal satisfaction. What do you, is, 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 what do you read into that? Because to me, those numbers all seem super high. They, they seem very, very high. Do you, are you satisfied with your personal life? Well, I'm, we're talking, I, I've shared a lot on this podcast. We're talking to you right now. We're talking to you, and, and then I'll share about my personal life. I'm still trying to understand this, though, uh, what they're asking, because it just seems, and, and, and maybe you're right, Ron. Maybe we read too much on Twitter and Facebook, and maybe we look at our screens too much, and we look at social media, and maybe that's the, maybe that's the place where a lot of us complain, and then we walk away feeling like, uh, I don't know, like a well, bu- like like a bunch of complainers. It, the the number seems super inflated to me. Well, the interesting thing to me is whether or not can you be satisfied and not necessarily happy. And so I, I think that this this survey does not conflate oh, happiness okay. with satisfaction. That's a good point. So in other words, you if you um, if someone says, "Are you satisfied?" Like, let's take a, a very low stake example. You're eating a meal at a restaurant. And someone could say, are you satisfied with that meal? And you could go, well, I mean, it's not the greatest meal, but it was really affordable. So, yeah, I'm satisfied with it. Now, if I said, are you happy with that okay, meal? You're right. You could go, eh, not really. Okay. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I'm not happy. I'm not ecstatic with the meal, but I'm satisfied. Okay, so let me, satisfied let, let me take me. that next. So I think that's better. I, th- I think that explains the numbers better. Thanks for doing that. Those are, those are great points. So for you... Are you satisfied with your life, and, and are you are you happy with your life? Uh, with my personal life, I think I'm, I am slightly satisfied. I've always been a restless person, though, so uh, I, I don't. I would say yes. Uh, if if my choice is satisfied or not satisfied, I would say satisfied, but I'm not content, uh, and I, I don't think I ever have been. Like I, I people that I see that like for instance you and i both went to our uh, high school uh reunion and a a big part of me was like okay never need to do this again because like people that still live in the town we grew up in and are kind of doing the same thing like to me i was sort of like ah like what like i i don't fine okay Mm. like i don't i don't have a desire to reconnect with that because in my mind it's sort of like I shouldn't be satisfied or content or like my benchmark should not be high school. Yeah. Like I'm doing my, my life. I'm doing it wrong if I'm measuring anything by high school standards. And so I went the one time just cause I was curious. And then after like 30 minutes in, I'm like, Oh, it's a bad idea. Shouldn't have came here. This was dumb. I, I don't If I wanted to engage with this group of people, I could. Are you looking and, down on that group of people though? A little bit. Yeah. Because it's sort of, except for the ones, in other words, the people that weren't there were the ones that I probably would have wanted to talk to. The ones that were like, okay, the people that moved away 
and like did something besides stay. And that's totally judgmental on my that's part. That's pretty judgmental. And so, but, um, but thanks for being honest with that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's just sort of a judgment that I carry around. So it's like, I'm satisfied, but I'm not content. Mm. Like I've always had uh, a drive beyond like that to me is, is a low bar. And so, like you want, I want to drive beyond that. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I used to drink at a saloon called the Nickerson Saloon, and a lot of times uh, I would go drop my car off, and then I'd Uber there and meet some friends there. And I drank at the Nickerson Saloon for years. They're about to tear it down. Really cool saloon. And one of the reasons I went there is because I knew all the wait staff uh, in there. Really friendly, great wait staff. And the food in there is really good. And the drinks were cheap. And for some reason, that was important to me. And I would meet folks there. For years of my life, I would sit on that bar stool at the Nickerson Saloon. And you talk, you talk about being satisfied or, or happy. And I think I was at a point in my life where I felt satisfied but not super happy. Uh, so I said, you know what? I'm going to cut back on my drinking and go through a season of, of my life of not drinking, which I'm still in that season. And I'm going to change some things. I'm going to take my exercise from being in the gym all the time. I'm going to take my exercise outside and I'm going to start reading some books that aren't just history books, uh, but hopefully I'll get a little more enlightened. And what drove that is, is just trying to be a parent, trying to be a single parent and sometimes feeling like you're totally failing at that. Um, so the other day I was going to pick up my son. And I asked him, I said, I'm going to grab some food for us and I'm coming home. What would you like? And he and I, we have not been in the Nickerson Saloon uh, together because they have a family side. We haven't been in there for over two years. I have not been in that saloon. So I, 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 I walked in there. All the same staff is still there. They're getting ready to, to tear it down. And, and the folks there couldn't be nicer. And there's a gentleman there who I used to sit next to and I would have some beers with. And so I sat down next to him and he said, can I buy you a drink? And I said, yeah, I'm just, I I got some food to go. I'm going to get a seltzer water and we'll call him Tom. And Tom's a a fellow uh, real estate agent. And he just looked horrible. And he looked at me and he's like, Don? Because uh, since I stopped drinking, I stopped carrying all this weight in my face, and I lost about uh, 30 pounds. The color came back into my eyes, I think, and I just feel better. And not only do I feel more satisfied, but I feel a lot. I feel much more happy, a lot more happy, because uh, I feel engaged, uh, and I feel like I'm doing a better job as a parent. Anyway, so I asked him. I said, "What is going on with you?" Because I know he's been sitting on this bar stool for the past couple of years. He just looked at me. We don't cuss on this podcast, but to get this, I'm going to have to say this one. Because Don, because I haven't seen you in a couple of years, because I've been sitting on this bar stool, because I've been watching you on Facebook. He said, I probably should stop drinking. He goes, for two years, it's the same shit, different day. It's the Ron and Don show, only on the Ron and Don. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Please hit subscribe.
Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. I'm G Force O'Neill, the real brains of this operation. Same sh- sunshine out, different day. That's right. Sunny day in Seattle. Not used to this. Episode 70 of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for stopping by. Guys. Don't forget licensed uh, realtors with Windermere. Doesn't matter where you're at on your real estate journey. Buying, selling, next fall, next winter. Right now, reach out to us. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Everything at RonandDon.com. What's your car say about you? All right, so there's a new article out in the Journal of International Psychology. I do not read it, but I, I read the excerpt. So I'm going to give you a list of uh, character traits or adjectives about men. This does not apply to women. This is only to men. Okay. I'm going to give you this list, and then I want you to th- picture in your mind what kind of car that this man drives. Okay. I'm so the, this is the um, the list of, of words that they gave. Okay. Self-centered. Yeah. Argumentative. Okay. Stubborn. Yeah. Disagreeable and unempathetic. What type? There are three cars that coincide with that list. So this is men that are self-centered, argumentative, stubborn, disagreeable, and unempathetic. All right, I'm going to go with a Porsche 911. I'm going to go with a not a 3 Series or a 5 Series. I'm going to go with a BMW somewhere in the 7 Series or the M Series. And then uh, I'm going to – there's different types – there are completely different types. This is certainly not a Volvo. This is not a Volvo driver. Uh, this is probably a Mercedes driver, but it's going to be a two-seater. It's going to be a two-seater. It's going to be a convertible. Uh, it's going to be an old-school 600 series. How about that? Well, you got you did pretty well. Did I the, do pretty the, well? The high-status cars that go along with that are Audi, yeah. BMW, okay. and Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, this is a study of 1,892 car owners in Finland. Here's the thing, though. In, is fin- they, in Finland. They found that luxury car drivers uh, ignore traffic rules and drive unethically. And, but they, they can't figure out why this is. And so here's the, the thing that's a conundrum to them. So you have these luxury car brand people. And so you have this group of men that are all the words I just said to you. Now, if you go over to women attracted to luxury brand, the same vehicles, Audi, BMW, and Mercedes. Think of a woman you know that drives an Audi. Well, almost or a all, woman you know that drives a Mercedes. Almost all the realtors at Midtown drive very, very nice cars but they will tell you it's important for their brand to drive these nice cars because if you pull up in a $1,500 beater and you're going to list a $3 million house, uh, that has an effect on the psyche of someone that would like to hire you. Uh, And I have been told, because I drive a Toyota, right? I drive a Toyota 4Runner, and I do it because it just fits with my dog, it fits with my son, it fits with my lifestyle, my Airbnbs my rentals, my recon business, my real estate business, and I just like sitting high in that truck and the dependability of it. Uh, But I have a lot of people tell me, hey, you better get a... And I used to have a second car, Range Rover. I had a Mercedes. I hated it. I just hated it. I had a BMW at one point I loved because I loved the cockpit feel. And a lot of the safety that you find in, in the BMW, the Mercedes, the Volvo, for instance, a lot of that... Uh, technology and a lot of the know-how, a lot of the science is now shared by all those companies. So 
a side airbag, for instance, in a luxury car, that makes a big difference. And side airbags are saving lots of lives. And now what we're beginning to see is the same kind of technology in a Honda, a Toyota, uh, and other other breeds. So check this out, though. When it comes to women, uh, same cars, Audi, BMW, Mercedes. Uh, women are conscientious, organized, ambitious, respectable, and high-performing. They like these luxury brand high-performance cars because they have an appreciation for quality and they are trying to present a self-image wow. that goes along with those character traits. I think that's true. Now, now, honestly, this is not all men that drive these cars. They say in the study... In the, it's just all men in general. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All men in general. And so yeah, they... It's nothing to do with the car. It's just men. It's men versus women. Yeah. So, so basically... There are, it's possible to be a conscientious man who just likes quality, but more likely, they use a word in the article that I, I can't word. Mo- yeah. Most likely, you're a blank blank. I don't know, though. You, I think of some of the women that we know in the real estate business, and there are a lot more women that are successful in, in residential real estate than men. I mean, they are fierce. They are fierce. And I would have to agree when I think of them, when I think of their brand, when I think of the way they present themselves, when I think of the cars they drive, because uh, out of Windermere Midtown, a lot of the, the realtors there drive these rigs, and most of them are women. Uh, some of them are our mentors, right? And and we have great respect for them, and they have great respect for each other, and they're very enlightened. Uh, unlike it's weird you said because I pictured the same jack car. wagon guys that 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 will get in the in the same rig. And I have a male friend and a female friend. They both have that silver Audi yeah. car. She I picture as put together, successful, ambitious. Him I'm kind of like yeah, come <laughs> same exact car. <laughs> I love that. That's it for episode seventy, right? He's that Ron. Is. I'm Don. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. Go to speed limit. You're out there, would you? Yeah. 55 save lives. Do you still say that? For sure. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Don't forget all this brought to you by Ron and Don. We are licensed realtors at Windermere. We'd love to sit down with you. Just reach out to us, Ron at Windermere.com. We'll see you next time for episode 71 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.